The first reading is from Isaiah, the 40th chapter. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended and her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double all her sins. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. And even ground shall be level, the ground, rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry. And I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass and all its beauty like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Go up on a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom, and gently lead those who are with young. The psalmony for today is the 85th psalm. Lord, you are favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You covered all their sins. You withdrew all your wrath. You turned from your hot anger. Restore us again, O God, of our salvation, and put away your indigna indignation towards us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your steadfast love, O God, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Let us hear from God, the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people and to his saints and to let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him that glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground and righteousness looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps away. The second reading is from 2 Peter, the third chapter. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. 
since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for a new heavens and a new earth, which right in which righteousness will dwell. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from Second Peter, the third chapter. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for a new heavens and a new earth, which right in which righteousness will dwell. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locust and wild honey. He preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the gospel of our Lord. To a, a nation that is, right now, it's common to be a little bit stressed because of the events that are taking place nationally, internationally, and, and such, to be, uh, I don't know, nervous, apprehensive, a little worked up. Today we get John the Baptist. What an empowered man. And what a powerful message he shared. This is a day that people of many Christian churches, particularly the historic liturgical churches around the world, are going to celebrate John's work. Every second Sunday of Advent, we remember who the John the Baptist is 
and we remember the words that he was saying. Who? Well, John the Baptist was a prophet like none other. There had been a three, four hundred year gap between the last prophet in the Old Testament till John the Baptist. And when Jesus spoke of John, he spoke of, of the John, no one born of woman was greater than John the Baptist. So John the Baptist is special in history, who he is. And then what about John the Baptist? Well, he was sent to prepare the way for the Messiah. His parents were very advanced in years. They were not going to have children, but God intervened to this priest and his wife and said, you will conceive and you will bear a son. And so did this, this family that loved their Lord, but was never blessed with a child. Their shame was done and they were blessed with John and his message. The Lord is coming. Repent, wash or be baptized. Repent for us, meaning that you're to turn your face from all the things that you're looking at in this world and all the distractions that you have in this world. Turn your back to that. And if, this, if I was repenting the day, I would turn my back to everything over there and my eyes would be up and toward the Lord, right? Turning your face to the Lord, repenting. But the other part of that is also the baptize. Baptism was washing. It was a spiritual washing. It was a way of preparing yourself for meals. It was preparing yourself for worship. So baptizing, it was taking place in all kinds of lands. And it typically was about cleansing and getting ready for something. Well, John says, turn your face to the Lord, clean up and get ready because something is coming. The Messiah. Today, we could keep focusing on these things and those words and unpack that more. But today we're not going to focus more on, on who John the Baptist was. Or, or, and we're not going to focus so much on his message. Today we're going to focus on where John the Baptist is saying it from. In Mark's gospel, the location always has significance. It's a teaching point to his gospel. If every time he highlights a location and tells you where he's at, there's probably some historical precedents that make that location speak more about what's happening. In addition to that, the movement in Mark's gospel communicates important things. So for here, it, Mark is highlighting that John the Baptist is in a very special place. You remember where the place was? Wilderness. Wilderness. Now, to help understand the where part of the lesson, the significance of this, um, want to bring in the assistance of, of children and, and a traveling child. Now, for the ones that have guys right now, we have a family back there that have some younger ones. It's probably easy for you to get this one. The rest of us are going to have to go back in time. I'm going to have to go back in time to remember some of these things. But I want you to think for a moment, the last time that you were able to take a child for a walk or on a walk with you. You remember what it was like to try to keep the child maybe focused on going straight ahead and staying on the path and, and not getting lost and distracted? Adults seem to be destination-oriented, not the children. Adults, more often than not, have an agenda. We need to get from point A, and we want to get to point B. And, and with that, there is an agenda that has things like, we need to depart at this time, and we need to not stop for any potty breaks until we get to this place. And then at this place, we have to get through because the traffic is going to rise up or whatever. You have these steps that you have laid out. Dads and moms sometimes can get a little bit worked up about leaving on time. I confess I've probably done that, and the boys don't need to add to that. 
And dads and moms can sometimes stress out before the long trips begin. I mean, they might start packing. I mean, my wife packs three weeks before she goes on a trip. I throw it together in the last minute. That causes stress, right? There's a long list of objectives when you're making your plans, and there's probably some timelines in there. And all that said for the adult side of it, kids don't act like that. They have to learn that sickness. When it comes to traveling, adults move along sometimes predetermined routes, routes. Moms and dads can get stressed if they get lost. I hate getting lost. Oh my gosh, it's, I'm not fun to be around when I want to get someplace and I don't know where I'm going. Um, and, and we can sometimes dislike having unforeseen detours. For the kids, it's really no big deal. And when it comes to traveling, adults might be attentive to travel time, the minutes and the hours. I know with my family, every time we go on a long trip and we finally get there, the first questions, the first conversation was, how was the weather? How was your trip? And then you start saying, well, we took Route 54 to Route 60, 71. We took 71 here, and we got here in seven hours and 10 minutes. I think we've never been here faster. And my, that's like the, every time we go someplace, every house we ride, that's what we talk about. Kids really don't care about that. Young children have an entirely different agenda when it comes to traveling and especially walking. There's really no sense of accomplishment in leaving point A and traveling toward point B. There's really no reason for it. The only reasons for even venturing out to do something like that is the prospect of the adventure that takes place between point A and point B. And enjoying the adventure with the people they like, the people they love. When you're young, the world's still new and it's a fascinating place. Every neat stone deserves investigation and adequate time to pick it up and admire it and maybe put it in your pack and display it sometime later on. Every mud puddle beckons, both feet pounce. Trees are posing to be climbed. Boulders are, are put before you so you can summit them. Every creepy, crawly creature, you can physically examine every caterpillar. Don't do this in Arizona because they'll bite you, they'll sting you, they'll stab you, they'll poison you, something. But over here, they don't always bite you and hurt you. So you can play with the frogs and the things you find. Oh, and animals, when you see them, you want to pet them. Indeed, when you're a child. The only possible reason for finally arriving at point B is so that now you can start the ideas of a trek and destination in another adventure with someone you like and love. Now, with those kind of ideas swirling and in our images and mind today, think now about the Gospel of John and this Baptist. John is a spokesperson for God. And, and he is saying that God is near. Turn toward him, right? And, and leave the sin. Leave the stuff that is, is causing you stress, right? Leave it. The challenging thing is, is we have to remember where he is saying it from. Again, John is speaking to the world from the wilderness, in the first century, before there was a commercial Christmas season, the people of the world were mostly in small towns, maybe even bigger towns, sometimes cities. And, and they lived in these communities because, one, they needed protection. Because when there was 
when you're just by yourself and you're against a group, you're going to lose. And so they wanted protection, but they also wanted mutual support. You know, if one is doing this task of surviving, then this person is doing another task of surviving and this one's doing their task and collectively they share and they survive and they can support each other. So they lived in groups. The people of the world in those days were, were like us in many ways. They were focused on business of surviving and some econ economy, um, but they were also just in this busyness. And unfortunately, they were frequently turned towards God's creation more than they were turned to the God of creation. Today, people are in malls. Well, maybe not malls so much because they're all shut down, but uh, they're in business they're in automobiles, they're in homes, and mostly people right now, every time I look just about everywhere I go, whether I, when I'm driving, I'm looking around, it's kind of scary about how many people are having their whole lives consumed in a little digital screen about this big, or big digital screens. The digital screens is just taking over our world. So people in this season are turned towards these things, Christmas shopping online, Christmas gatherings, Christmas decoration, seasons, greetings, and people pleasings. And to all these people, the first century people and the 2020 people, from the wilderness, John is screaming over a year. Turn around. You're not going to find life there. You're not going to find peace there. You're not going to find joy in that world. You're not going to find God in all of that stuff. And John is shouting in the Bible lesson because it's almost impossible to get our attention. He is shouting as to be heard over all the distracting noise that our world fills us with. John is jumping up and down and waving his arms to get people's attention. He's saying the Lord is near. And you are looking the wrong way. Repent means turn around. Put your eyes back to God. Put the distractions and, and you're behind you and put your eyes toward Jesus. And let Jesus take you by the hand to walk with him in the wilderness for a while. This is where a child can help teach adults about walking in the wilderness with the Lord. A child's walk with parents or grandparents in the wilderness can be easy. Think about it. Children, they can do nothing that's productive and efficient. Whatever. While they're not doing anything that contributes, they're enjoying everything. A child can, can go nowhere, have no agenda and no destination, and a child can be absolutely satisfied being with the ones they love. A child can lose hold. A child can lose control. And a child can be held. John is inviting the children of God then and now to the wilderness. In the wilderness there, people can discover freedom. That's a big word here. Freedom. As they rediscover their Lord in the wilderness. 
In the wilderness, people can discover that they can have their hand in the Lord's hand and they can be in the Lord's presence away from the distractions that, that will inspire so much unrest. And with the Lord doing the parental heavy lifting, letting God be God for a change, they can just be the child in the wilderness. And with the Lord being God, they can let him guide them and lead them. And the Lord will protect them and provide for them. Their place is just to stay close. And if it's hindering you, and if it's causing you unrest, and if it's causing you to have worry and fear and apprehensions about anything past, present, or future, you put that stuff behind you, and you put your face to God. You can get lost in His goodness. You can be overwhelmed by His love. His, his future is so good, you can get lost in that and not even be aware of what's going on around you. That's heaven. That's in the wilderness with the Lord. With the Lord God guiding and protecting and providing, people can, adults can do nothing. And remember how to enjoy everything. Adults can maybe not have to go anywhere and rediscover what it means to be satisfied, spending time with the ones they love. The adults can lose hold, that tense grasp of control. We can let that go. And we can just be held. The Lord used John to shout, I'm coming. And I'm close. Turn your face to me. Repent. Be lost in my goodness. Be lost in my love. Leave the sin that separates you from me. Leave the sin that separates you from each other. Leave those things behind. Do it my way. Leave all those distractions that are inspiring the fear and the worry and the stress and the anxiety. Leave that junk behind. Walk with me in the wilderness. It has always been a place of profound blessedness. Walk with me in the wilderness. It's John's message for us today. God help us hear it and be children walking with him as his church. Amen. Let us declare our faith. We'll use the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And let us pray for God's people. Heavenly Father, we thank you that as your children, we can come to you in every circumstance of life, in times of plenty and in times of want, in times of success and in times of failure. We know you are God, so we come in humility, claiming no merit of our own, but wholly praying in Jesus' name. We give you thanks for your love, 
for your goodness, for your mercy, for your provisions. Lord, in your mercy. Lord Jesus, you united us in a common faith and family at our baptism. If it gives you glory, lead us and guide us as we strive to live out our baptismal promises. Create a hunger in us for hearing your word and for prayer and worship. Create a thirst in us for receiving you in worship and sacrament. Lord, in your mercy. Holy Spirit of God, we thank you for calling us here today. We thank you for opening our eyes, ears, minds, and hearts to your plans and possibilities. If it gives you glory, inspire us to shine your holiness as we work, play, and interact with our community this week. Give us courage to surrender to you and to serve those around us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, if it gives you glory, receive our prayers for those we know and love who are in need of your strength, comfort, and healing. We pray especially for those we name in our hearts now. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray. We will trust in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you. 